I've never been a long distance runner. Thanks. In school, I ran track and I was a sprinter. The longest I would run was 400 or, or just one lap around the track. And so I had that sprinter's mentality that if anything took longer than a minute, you shouldn't do it. And so this year, I've been preparing for this 5K, and I've been consistently running on our elliptical at home. And yesterday, I was able to accomplish my goal, and I ran in my first 5K ever, along with myself and several others from Woodland. They, they ran along with me in the Blitz and the Dot 5K down in Wyandotte. And I'd like to say thank you to each of you that, that ran um, but also thank you to those that sponsored uh, these individuals um, and gave to Speed the Light. At the conclusion of our, our service, we're going to be taking up an offering for Speed the Light as well. And Speed the Light provides transportation, provides the equipment that missionaries need so that they can do what they, they need to do. Missionaries need to travel into remote villages, cross streams, drive up mountains, and Speed the Light helps provide that equipment for the missionaries. And so with your giving, and you're able to, to help these missionaries do what God's called them to do. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being generous and, and giving. And as I prepared for this 5K, like everything in life, there's been some challenges there were days where I would look forward to running. I'd get home and I'd push myself hard on the elliptical and, and run as hard as I could. And then there were days where my body just felt exhausted. I didn't want to run. It was like I was fighting an uphill battle the whole time. But I was consistent. I had my routine. I, I knew what days I was going to run. I, I knew what time I was going to run. And I knew for how long I was going to run. And I did well until the summer hit. We took our students to Anaheim for National Fine Arts. And then right after that, we went on vacation. So my schedule got thrown all out of whack. And by the time we came back, it's, from vacation, it was about three weeks from running and my body was like, this is good, isn't it? Just enjoy this. Relax. Don't run. And my mind started telling me, just enjoy this. I was doing so well. I was, I was losing weight. I was running consistently. I was getting stronger and pushing myself harder and harder. And then vacation hits, right? And I had a choice to make. I could stay where I was at or I could push myself. I knew I had a goal and I didn't want to uh, fail. And so I turned to my family and I said, listen, I don't want to run. I need some motivation. My kids, my family, they were wonderful. They, they would ask me when I got home, are you going to run today? I don't know. You should run. Why don't you run right now? Okay, all right. That little extra motivation helped get me back into the groove, help me get back into that routine, help me get back to pushing myself. And it was awesome to, to see that I accomplished my goal yesterday. And, but it was amazing as I was running, 
something changed. Braden, our nine-year-old, wanted to run with us in the 5K and he wanted to help raise some money for Speed Delight as well. And, and that morning he said, Dad, I want to run with you. I know mom's going to be a little bit slower. I want to run with you. And so I said, buddy, you know I have a goal. I want to finish this in, in 30 minutes. That's, that's my goal. I said, we've got to do nine-minute miles. All right, I can do that. I said, okay. He hadn't been running. He hadn't been practicing. He hadn't been training. I said, okay, I believe in you. And so we began to run. And we set our pace. And I'd look at my watch. And we're doing well. And he would ask me every so often, how are we doing, Dad? How are we doing on time? And we hit that first mile. And I said, we're right on target. We, we hit the nine-minute mark, bud. We're, we're doing great. I said, we got to keep going if we're going hit, to hit our 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, I noticed a change in Braden. Instead of that pep in his step, his breathing started getting a little heavier. His pace started to slow down just a little bit more. And I noticed he started to get a little more tired. Dad, how are we doing? Well, we're getting a little bit slower, but our, our times are a little bit slower. We've got to pick up the pace. <sighs> okay. And something changed. Instead of my focus being on my 30-minute goal, my focus changed, my goal changed to how can I now make Braden finish? How can I get him to push himself as hard as he can and do as well as he can. And so I began to help him out. I began to talk to him, begin to ask him, how you doing? Good. How's the pace? All right. Do we need to slow down a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Let's slow down. How's your breathing? Breathe in, deep breaths, right? And I began to encourage him and coach him. And he'd ask, how are we doing on time? Well, bud, this last minute, we've been a lot slower. Oh, I said, that's OK. You're doing great. Keep going. Keep pushing. And I kept encouraging him. I kept telling him he was doing awesome. I kept telling him he was doing wonderful. I kept telling him how proud of us of him I was, that he was running. We'd slow down at some points to help him catch his breath. We'd pick that pace right back up. And the final result was he finished first in his age bracket. And he got a medal. And he was so proud of that medal. You could see in that picture there, he's just smiling. And I got to tell you, I was a lot prouder of that moment there than if I would have hit my goal. My goal shifted. Instead of me, how could I help him? How could I make him the best? How could I encourage him? And I was so proud of him. He, he said, Dad, I'm sorry you didn't make your goal. I said, I changed my goal. I hit it. And so this morning, 
in life, I want you to understand, we're all gonna go through hard times. We're all gonna experience difficulties. Just like Braden, you know, getting tired and worn down. Just like me, beginning to lack a little motivation in running. We're all gonna come to those points in life where we need other people to come alongside of us that will come and encourage us and help push us and motivate us so this morning, I want us to look at how you and I can come along on, alongside our students and encourage them to be passionate followers of Christ. Chap Clark, in his book, Hurt 2.0, Inside the World of Today's Teenagers, he points out that to positively impact a teenager's life, the teenager needs five adults who will speak into their life. They need five adults who will come alongside of them. These are not just adults who know the teenager, but adults who invest into their lives, who will pour into them, who will challenge them and encourage them. You know, this could be a parent. It could be a teacher or a coach. It, it could be a pastor or, or a grandparent, but even a friend. And you may never hear a teenager say this out loud, but they want adults in their lives. They want adults who will come and speak into them, who will challenge them. They want and desire adults who will live passionately for Christ and show them how to do the same. They want adults who will show an interest in their lives. And I want you to understand that you don't have to come and partner with me in Elevation and be a youth leader to make, an indif make a difference in the student's life. You just need to be willing. You just need to be available. You need to be able there, to be there to listen to their struggles, not to judge them, but to be willing to share your life experiences with them and offer biblical guidance and direction for their lives. When you come alongside a student and begin to speak in their life, you begin to make an important spiritual investment in their life. And I know that when we invest into another person's life, there's always a return of, of investment that is well worth it. Will you stand with me this morning in honor of reading the word of God? It's found in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 8. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we'll harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that your word brings life, your word challenges us, your word encourages us. And God, this morning as we look at making a difference in our students' lives, God, I pray that you would help us to see that if we continue to invest in these students, if we continue to, to work and, and, and pour and, and invest into their lives, God, that we will see our students 
become passionate in their faith with you. God, that they will live for you and pursue you. And so God, help us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. So how can you and I make a difference in our students to become passionate followers of Christ? Well, first, I said, I will focus on being a passionate follower of Christ. It starts with our relationship with Christ first and and being a passionate follower of him. When we begin to focus on God and, and begin to become passionate followers of Christ, we begin to develop our own spiritual life. And our focus on him, as we focus on him, we begin to grow in our faith. See, our students, they don't need creative ideas from us or or even better programs. What they really need from you and I is to be a living model of who Jesus is to them. They need to see us living passionately for Christ. They need to see a man or woman who's passionate about their faith. Because passion is contagious. When you're around someone who's passionate about something, it begins to rub off on you. See, when you model your passionate faith, students will want what you have. They'll see that your faith is strong. They'll see that that the moments you live are lived pursuing God. And it'll allow you to be able to speak into students' lives. In Luke 6, in verse 47, it says, anyone who comes and listens to me and obeys me is like someone who dug deep, dug down deep and built a house on solid rock. When the flood came and the river rushed against the house, it was built so well that it didn't even shake. But anyone who hears what I say and doesn't obey me is like someone whose house wasn't built on solid rock. As soon as the river rushed against that house, it smashed to pieces. See, our lives are tough. There's challenges that come every day of our life. And the challenges that our students face today are greater than what we went through when we attended school. But when you focus on being a passionate follower of Christ, when those challenges and those tough times come, you begin to rely on the Holy Spirit his strength, his power, his guidance, and you allow him to guide you through those moments and help you through those situations. And whether you realize it or not, you are a living model to our students. They watch and they pattern their life of faith after you, for better or worse. When you do life with them, you share your stories, you share your experiences, you share what you've gone through. And it'll help them to have a better understanding and have a greater confidence that they can do it too. See, if we're gonna make a difference in students' lives, then I also need to use my abilities for God. God has given each and every one of us different and unique abilities. And working with students, I understand that I don't have the knowledge, the natural energy, the ability to relate with teenagers like I used to 20 years ago. I understand that. Every week I'm with them and I'm hanging out with them, I'm reminded that I'm not as young as them. And that's okay. 
I'm okay with it. Do you ever feel like maybe you're, you're just a boring adult, right? You, you, just can't, you just can't relate with them. You know, they're so active and everything and, and you just don't have a life like them. I quit trying to compete with the students. I don't try to be like them. I know I'm not as relevant as them, and, but I do try to listen to their music. I do try to understand what they enjoy. I can't keep up with all the bands that they listen to, but I try to get into their lives. See, I have a lot less energy than they do, and I have a lot less energy than I did 20 years ago when I was 20. But I have to tell you, I love hanging out with our students. They wear me out. They do. I love hanging out with them, though. I love taking them to camp. I think it's one of the best weeks of their life. I think, I think going there is an incredible opportunity for them. They get to gather with 500 other students and, and just worship God and have fun and build relationships with one another. And it's an incredible opportunity for them to grow in their faith as they're challenged in the services. And I get to build relationships with them all week long. I get to hang out with them and talk with them and, and see how they're doing. I get to ask them what, what God's been speaking to them through these services, what God has been challenging them through them. But I have to tell you, at the end of day two, after being up from 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. and running all day long with them, I'm exhausted. I'm ready to just sleep for 24 hours. I'm exhausted. But it's well worth it. It's well worth it to see a student's life transformed, to see them begin to follow after Christ and become passionate for him. See, when I use my abilities for God and allow his presence and power in my life to work through me, I can rest in the same truth that the apostle Paul communicated about his weakness when God told him in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 that my grace is all you need for my power is greatest when you are weak. I am most happy then to be proud of my weaknesses in order to feel the protection of Christ's power in, over me. See, when I submit my life and my abilities to God to, to work for the youth ministry, I can rest in the promise that, that God's power is available to me. That if I submit to him and allow him to work through me, he will use my gifts, my talents for him. And I don't need to understand that all the teenage culture, I don't have to try to look hip with the students. In fact, students don't want you to because they'll see right through it. They don't want you to pretend something that, that you're not. I don't try to speak their language, but I do try to understand their language. I listen to them. I ask them questions. My, my goal is to get to know the students without being critical or judgmental. I want to find out what they're interested in. See, be who you are and allow God to use your abilities and talents to speak into a student's life. See, I think working in the youth ministry is one of the greatest ministries there are here at the church. And, and I understand that not everybody is going to want to be a, a youth leader. 
I understand that. But you know what? We all have different uniques and gifts and talents. And we may not feel well suited to work in youth ministry, but there's some things that each of us have, some talents of our own, where we can make a difference in a student's life. And so how can I do that? Well, I can pray. See, all of us have the opportunity to pray. All of us can communicate and talk with God. A couple months back, I shared a message about how we can pray for our families, and you can go online and listen to that message to hear more about how we can pray. But we can pray for our students. We can pray scriptures over our students. And pray scriptures like like this one, 2 Timothy 2.22. Run from temptation that captures young people. Always do the right thing. Be faithful, loving, and easy to get along with. We can definitely pray for that for the teenagers, right? Worship with people whose hearts are pure. See, not everyone is going to be able to work with our students, but we can all pray for them. Pray that God would help them understand their purpose and that they would have a passion to live for Christ. Pray that they would make godly friends who would encourage them and and that they would be able to encourage others. Ask God to help them to, to give them wisdom in choosing their friends. Pray that they would desire to live a life of righteousness and purity. Pray for their spiritual growth, that they would want to know God and that their hearts would be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and that they would become passionate followers of Christ. See, all of us can pray. And then we can also give. See, I can give. God has given us unique gifts, talents, and abilities, and these talents is what God has given you that makes you, you. It makes you, you. We're all part of the body of Christ, and whether you're a teacher, a musician, a cook, or an accountant, God has given you abilities to serve others. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God wants us to use the gifts and talents he's given us to serve one another and to invest and pour into our students' lives. And you can give in so many different areas. You, you can give of your time. You know, you may find yourself involved in many other ministries and, and not able to come and partner with us in Elevation. And, and like I said, that is okay. But you can still give your time. You can ask students to go out to Starbucks or Tim Hortons. You can take them out for a hamburger and and just sit down and talk with them and and get to know them and see what's going on in their life. You can share your life experiences and how the events of your life have shaped you. You can go to their games or their musicals and performances and, and cheer them on. See, the smallest gestures really will make the biggest difference in their lives. And students understand that that your life is busy. And by giving your time, it's communicating to them that they matter and that they're important to you. You can also share your talents. See, you can offer to teach or mentor, mentor students in an area of one of your strengths, one of your abilities, 
You know, maybe you have a passion to, to work on vehicles. You can take a student and, and show them how to change the oil on a car. Or maybe you love to bake and, and you can take some students and show them and mentor and teach them how to bake and share with them how to make your famous recipe. So you can give also of your resources. So you may not be able to join us as leaders, but you can still make a powerful difference in our students' lives by giving of your resources. When you join us in the offering and, and give $5 a month club, it helps us in elevation to be able to minister and reach students. I know many of you have helped before, but you can also give to help students to go to camps and conventions and other retreats. You know, just this month, we took our students to youth convention, and it was an incredible opportunity where our students got to gather with 2,000 other students and worship God and have incredible messages that challenged them to live passionately for Christ. They were challenged to, to learn to live a life of generosity and, and giving to speed the light. See, it was an incredible time, and and while we try to make every effort that we can to keep the cost of our events as low as possible, I understand that there's gonna be times where some families just can't afford to send their kids on an event. And we've had some generous people who've come alongside and have been able to sponsor students so that they can go on these events. They were able to make an important difference in a student's life by simply giving. They made an internal impact in a student's life by allowing them to go to an event where they heard about Christ and were challenged. And so thank you, thank you for giving. Thank you for giving of your resources so our students can continue to hear about God and be challenged to pursue him and, and live passionately for him. See, I can also catch them doing something good as well though. See, there's many different voices in this world that are telling our students that they just don't measure up. See, we're quick to blame our kids when something's broken or goes missing. You know, you go to the cookie jar to get that last freshly baked cookie. And you look, and there aren't any more. And we're quick to blame and say, why did you eat the last cookie, right? Our, our first reaction is to blame the kids and we point the finger at them even though we aren't for sure it was them. We didn't see them do it. Instead of always looking to blame them for everything, look for opportunities where you catch them doing something good, where you catch them doing something and, and offer them praise, thank them. The other day we were finishing up dinner and Jeanette was taking the, some of her plates and, and to the sink and starting to wash them and Braden jumps up and he says, Mom, I'll, I'll do it, I'll take care of it. And it's like, wow, you know, boy, did we ever just stop right there and thank him and praise him. He didn't have to. He was doing something right. He was serving. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down but a good word makes him glad. We offered him praise and told Braden, he's such a good kid. And just a smile came on his face as he said, thank you. 
See, if you want to make a difference in a student's life, instead of blaming them for things that you didn't see them do and continue to weigh them down, offer words of encouragement that will brighten up their day. Give them a call. Send a text message to them, just letting them know that you're thinking about them, giving them words of encouragement. Write a letter saying, hey, you know what? I saw you do this the other day, and, and I just want to let you know that, that you, it made a profound impact in my life. It was great to see you do that. Let them know that you saw them go out of their way and do something extraordinary for someone else. See, by doing those little things, you're letting them know that other people see them doing it and it's making a positive impact. See, if we're gonna make a difference in our students' lives, then I will choose to put relationships first. In our students' lives, relationships are so powerful. And they're powerful for us adults as well. And the truth is, among Americans, the number of our close friends are shrinking. Most people have now only two close friends, And about 25% of people have no one to discuss serious issues that are going on in their lives. And despite these statistics, most teenagers usually don't have trouble making friends because they're doing it digitally. They connect through Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and last time I checked, a couple still have Facebook. Yet the average teenager has hundreds of online friends, but very few best friends. Proverbs 13, 20 says, wise friends make you wise, but you hurt yourself by going around with fools. I learned that lesson in high school. It's important that we build healthy relationships with our students. And while our elevation services on Wednesday nights may capture a student's attention, the relationships that we build with these students help reinforce and strengthen our students' commitments. See, every Wednesday night as students begin to arrive, we, we, we schedule out a block of time where we just hang out with them, we talk with them, we, we get to know them, we ask them questions, we find out how their week is going. I ask them, what's new in your world? What's going on in your life this week that that has changed from the last week? See, for you and me, nothing may change for a month in our lives, but for a student, things can radically change in their life from one day to the next. And so I sit down, I just ask them, what's going on? How are you doing? What's new? I get to know them. So how can we put relationships first? By being revealing. You know, one of the most important qualities students want from us is authenticity. They want you and I to be authentic. Students want us to show our human side, not just to see our strengths, but also our weaknesses and our vulnerability. See, students have this false perception that adults have it all together or that things always seem to work out for us. Because they say things like this, you wouldn't understand what I'm going through. They think we don't know. Because we're not honest, we're not authentic, 
we don't show them our struggles and our weaknesses. And so share with them. Share with them the struggles. Share with them what's going on. Be yourself. Share what's appropriate. You don't need to share everything, but be honest when you talk about your life and about your faith process. And then be accepting. Be accepting. The truth is we all want to be accepted. We're all looking to be accepted. Get to know the student's story before making a snap judgment. And that's why it's so important that we build relationships with them so that we can know who they are and why they act that way. Romans 15, seven says, honor God by accepting each other as Christ has accepted you. In our youth ministry in Dayton, we had a student that started to attend about the same time that we had started there. She was dressed in all black. She dyed her hair black. She was the stereotypical uh, goth-looking student. And she just kept to herself. And so we started to, to build a relationship with her. And, and through the course of time, it was amazing to hear how she was hurting. And she was just looking for other people to just accept her for who she was. And as we just built that relationship with her, it was amazing to see that she became one of our best student leaders. She began to reach out and look for other students who are hurting, looking for other students who are off by themselves, looking for other students that just needed a friendship. See, all because we accepted her for who she was. If we're gonna make a difference in our students' lives, then I will encourage them in their faith. The old saying is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care is definitely true with our students. Students will let you give them advice as long as you have built a relationship with them. When they know that you deeply care, with them, care about them, they will allow you to speak into their lives. You will earn the right to be heard from them. See, students want to be able to make sense of God and want to understand what God wants from them. And as you build relationships with students, don't be afraid to ask them how they're doing in their relationship with God. Don't be afraid to ask them these, these questions, but remember, this only works when we have built a good, solid relationship with them. Ask them if they're, they're reading their Bible. Find out what they're reading and ask them what God is speaking to them. You know, ask them how are they being challenged as they're reading. Ask them if they're making time each day where they spend alone with God in prayer. See, sometimes students, they, they have no idea how to pray. Sometimes we as adults, we don't know how to pray. And so when they don't know, ask them. Offer words of encouragement like, you know, sometimes I don't know what to say either. But you may want to just try talking to God like he's one of your best friends just sitting right next to you. Tell them to start talking to God for, for just a minute each day. And let them know that as they do it more, the more normal it will feel. 
See, encourage students to grow in their faith will just become a natural part of our conversations. And so how can I encourage them in their faith? Well, I encourage them through fellowship. I think we've overused and generalized the word fellowship to include just about everything that we do. And uh, so when I talk about fellowship, I'm not talking necessarily about just hanging out with the students and talking about the local game or, or the latest sports game. See, spiritual growth happens when students have a trustworthy, accountable, and healthy relationship built. And our small groups, they provide that opportunity where, where our students can come and grow and, and hear about Christ, but also build greater strengthening relationships that can't be built in larger settings. They provide a sense of belonging for them, something that teenagers are desperately searching for. They connect students to other students. See, it's amazing as we host our, our Elevation small group at our house to see students come in and, and build stronger relationships with other students. Small groups build a sense of community with each other. See, in small groups, students can learn how to personalize their faith. Lately, we've been talking in our small group about ministry and why it's so important, not just corporately here as a church, but individually as well, and, and how they can meet the needs of, of their friends and, and what that looks like, what ministry looks like to their friends as well. See, when I think about small groups, the verse from 1 Thessalonians 2.8 comes to my mind, that we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. See, we love having students over at our house. We love enter entertaining them at our house. We love having them. We love having small groups. And in fact, we have a small group at our house tonight at five o'clock, so students, make sure you join us for a Thanksgiving meal. It's gonna be a great time of eating and hanging out and talking. But when I say we love having students over at our house, I mean it. I'm not kidding. Our kids, Brayden and Ella, when we get home today, they're gonna be asking us probably every five minutes, when are the students coming? Is how much longer? Three more hours. How much longer? Two and a half more hours. How much longer? When are they coming? And it's like that until it's like five minutes before they come and then five minutes before they come, they're at the window waiting. So students, you better come, right? They're at the door waiting. They're waiting for them, and they're the ones that greet our students at the door. They open the door for them. They, they welcome them, and they love it. They love having them over. See, like this verse says, we love you so much that we share with you not only the good news, not only the gospel, not only are we building our faith in Christ, but we're being authentic, we're being real, we're doing life together and we're investing into each other's lives. See, in small groups, we learn to love each other. We learn about God. We, we learn about his love for us, but we also learn to share what's taking place in our lives. We learn to be open and authentic with each other. We learn to trust. We learn that we can come to a safe place and just be open and share our feelings and ask questions. And we learn to respect each other's thoughts and opinions as well. And then I can also encourage evangelism. 
When we help our students to capture a passion for the lost, we want to give our students just simple ways that, that they can handle so that they can share their faith. We want our students to be confident and courageous as well in sharing their faith. And so we encourage them to, to take our friendship evangelism challenge. We challenge our students to, to pray and ask God who they should begin to, to pray for and, and share their faith with. And we ask them to write down five students' names who aren't passionate about Christ yet. And we encourage the students to pray for them and, and ask God to provide opportunities for them so that they can share their faith. The first thing they do is they just let their friends know that they're a Christian. And as friends, this should, should come up in their normal conversations. And then they're encouraged to invite their friends to an appropriate event that we do. Maybe it's bowling or, or the corn maze, but something where they can come and, and have fun and build greater and stronger friendships with other students. And then when the opportunity presents itself, we encourage our students to share with their friends why they follow after Christ and, and ask them if they would like to be a passionate follower of Christ as well. Another opportunity we give our students is through a month-long event we call May Madness. If you were here for our ministry fair video for the youth ministry, you saw students dressed up in superhero costumes and May Madness is just a month-long outreach where our whole service is geared to those students who have yet to begin to follow after Christ. We have crazy games. We have competition to see who best represents the theme for that night, and that's why they were wearing superheroes' costumes. And a message that is relatable to our students. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. It's God's power to save everyone who believes. Jew first and Greek as well. See, we encourage our students to share their faith. We had a student who wanted to share their faith and began to ask God to help her to come up with creative ways where she could share her faith. And so she was praying about different opportunities in different ways. And, and she came up with the idea to bring snacks to class every day because let's just be honest, we all love to eat. And in class, sometimes you need a little extra help to get through it and snacks always seems to do that. And so she's, she came up with the idea to bring snacks and so as she's eating some snacks, she said, hey, would you like some to her classmate? Sure, you know, who refuses snacks, right? And so she began to eat, and over a course of time and just simply offering snacks, they began to build a relationship and just began to talk, and she hadn't known her before this class, and so they started building a relationship with each other, and all of a sudden, one day, the classmate asked our student, what did you do over the weekend? She just smiled and gave her an opportunity and just began to share. I went to church. And through that conversation, she just asked, do you go to church? And no. Would you like to come with me sometime on a Wednesday to elevation? And she's like, well, if my mom says, yeah, I'd love to go. And she went back and asked her mom, and her mom said, yeah, if you want to go, I'll, I'll take you there. 
And it was amazing. Her friend showed up and started attending. All because she reached out. See, I can encourage ministry as well. In Elevation, you can find our students involved in ministry. On Sunday mornings, you can see them in the nursery or in Timber Ridge or even here on the platform helping lead in worship. Our students are involved in ministry. And we encourage our students to discover their talents and giftings and use them through serving in ministry. We're going to be launching our own Discovering Your Shape course in Elevation that is going to help our students to learn how God has uniquely shaped them for ministry and help them find a place to serve. We also use fine arts as a way where students can discover their gifts and abilities and help them grow and develop them and use them for ministry. And Pastor Mark and, and Michael Gappert, they've been doing an incredible job for us and helping our students to grow and develop their talents and use them. See, with fine arts, students can learn to use their talents like drawing or video or writing and, or instrumental or, or even singing. And the list goes on and on to be used for God. And you can help our students as well. Maybe you're talented in a certain area and you can come alongside them and, and encourage them and help them grow and develop that talent and use it for ministry. 1 Corinthians 12, 5, 6 says, there are different ways of serving, but the same Lord serve, is served. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to call all for their particular service. See, we love what we do. We love working with our students. And like I mentioned, you may not be able to serve alongside of us in elevation, but each and every one of us can make a difference in our students' lives. Be real. Be authentic. Share your life experiences. Be a positive role model by showing our students how to live passionately for Christ and encourage them in their faith. Let's pray this morning. God, I understand that not everyone will be able to join me in elevation as a youth leader. But God, I do believe that we are all called to make a difference in our students' lives. God, things that we can do to help them to become passionate followers of Christ and model it to our students. And so, Father, I pray, help us to be real and authentic. God, may we take moments where, where we go out with our students and, and encourage them and share our life stories. God, that we would be vulnerable with them so that they can see that, that not everything is easy, that just like them, we still experience hardships in life. But by focusing on you, by trusting in you and the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, we can make it through. And so God, I pray, may you help us to catch our students doing something good instead of pointing blame and, and, and all the other things that they constantly hear. May, may we turn around and begin to praise them, encourage them. May we send text messages or, or letters just letting them know 
we saw them do something and it made an impact in our lives. Thank you so much. Keep it up. You're making a difference. God, may they be aware of what they're doing. God, may you help us to encourage our students to continue to grow in their faith and to become passionate followers of Christ. God, that we'd encourage them to to keep going to small groups and to, to grow and to learn about you and to build stronger relationships and friendships with other students. God, that we continue to encourage them to just reach out to other students. God, like our student that just offered a simple snack to another student, may we be creative in the ways we reach out. And God, may we encourage our students to keep doing ministry, to find that gift, that talent that you've blessed them with, and to use it for you. God, may you help us to come alongside our students. May you help us come alongside our students, God. And God, tonight or today as we close, if you're here this morning and you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, I shared about being a passionate follower of Christ and you haven't yet done that. And this morning you would like to. Will you pray this prayer along with me? You don't need to pray it out loud, but just pray along with me. God, I thank you so much for loving me. Loving me so much that you sent Jesus to die on a cross. And though I don't understand everything, God, I do understand that you love me and I need you in my life. And so this morning I ask that you would forgive me of all my mistakes and all my failures, all my sin. And God, that you would help me to live for you. God, may you make me a new person. God, may you help me to become more like you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor.